0: Welcome to Cast, everyone. I am uh, riding solo today. Frank the Tank is in Iowa at his sister's wedding. I believe he is an altar boy for the wedding. I'm not 100% sure, but he did look like a um, Pee Wee Herman, uh, the last photo I've seen. So we, we, we wish him luck. But I'm with, uh, we have a, a guest on today that I've been friends with for quite a while. I'm actually, I think we met at the archery range. He is the, uh, the guy that has uh, helped fix my feet with custom orthotics. Uh, Scott, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Ah, thank you. <laughs> so, Scott, I tried to pronounce uh, your your uh, what you do a minute ago, and I screwed it up. But you're you basically make fake arms and insoles and fake legs and things like that.
1: Uh, yes, I'm a certified prosthetist orthotist. So we're the guys that make you know, prosthetics. You know, the doctor amputates it and then hands it off to us.
0: Gotcha. So do you deal with? Um, everything from people with like diabetes on down to like uh amputees from war or from combat coming back or yeah the majority is diabetic yeah um,
1: you know there's a lot of accidents I don't see a whole lot of guys from the war but you know we do have a VA contract yeah so I do see guys uh mostly Vietnam
0: yeah gotcha huh so because I know with me you just you did like a carbon shank. Custom orthotic, uh, because I was having problems with a couple things. One was like a bone spur type deal, and the other was uh, plantar fasciitis. But that's probably on the lower end of what you do compared to normal, isn't it?
1: Uh, You know, I see that a lot. You know, um, you know, we do everything from you know functional foot orthotics, sport orthotics. Um, The majority is diabetic. You know, diabetic foot, diabetic
0: shoes. So how exactly with the, like the, I'm not up on uh, like the, the diabetic diabetes totally other than the fact of, it uh, starts usually with your feet and you, you if you don't eat right, you got to whack their feet off, right? <laughs> I mean, simplified version?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, with diabetes, there's a lot of complications, uh, neuropathy, you know, where you sort of lose the sensation, you know, in your lower extremities, um, you know, and that leads to, uh, problem so what we do is make a um, custom diabetic insert which is soft it's accommodating you know we're not trying to uh, correct their foot a whole lot it's more protection uh, you know and that with the diabetic shoes uh, you know there's a whole program for diabetics uh, you know with insurance companies you know so they can get a prescription for you know diabetic shoes and inserts every year mm-hmm. and you know we make them you know six orthotics they're soft so they don't last um you know they last four months or so yeah and then they replace them and then the shoes are just think of like a deeper shoe to accommodate you know the thickness of the orthotic gotcha which i wish they would make in sort of regular shoes you know or hiking boots it'd be nice if yeah they started making them a little bit deeper so we can start to put things inside of them
0: yeah, it would definitely help me as far as some of the issues I've got. So uh, I'm assuming you probably see some fucked up feet. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, on a daily basis, <laughs> I do. <laughs> what are some of the stranger things you've seen working with uh, with a, with the custom? Uh, well, with uh, diabetes yeah. in general, well, I mean, we see a
1: lot of amputations, toe amputations, partial feet amputations, you know, just deformities. Uh,
0: huh. <laughs>
1: wounds. Yeah. A lot of wounds. Um, you know, it's an insensate foot, so a lot of times they
0: don't feel things. Um you know, so that's why we're trying to protect them like and pull their shoe off and there's a spoon in there or something. Uh, yeah,
1: I've taken people come in and say, "Yeah, my foot's a little sore today." Yeah. You know, and I'll dump it out and you know, there'll be a pile of sand in there, a, a race car, you know, I've, you know, hair breads, things like that. Good lord. Just, and they don't feel it. Huh? You know, I mean, they,
0: they know something's in there. It doesn't feel right. And then once it gets to a point where, so you basically got it, you know, you work with them up until the point, which it sounds like they probably don't listen always to what the doctor says, and then they get it amputated, and then you make a fake foot or right. a fake well, leg. Oh Yeah, usually, you know, a prosthesis. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, they do some partial feet amputations where maybe just half your foot yeah. is amputated. Yeah. Um, Typically, it's sort of mid calf. Yeah, um, you know, not all diabetics end up with amputations. That that's not the case, but you know,
0: of the amputees I see, most of them are diabetic. Gotcha, gotcha. Pop that! You're uh, you're kind of like Will Ferrell when he doesn't know what to do with his hands over there. You got it. Yeah. Get right in front of that thing. It's weird. I know. Um, what, uh, how much do you deal with like the issues I had with people with just plantar fasciitis and just general well, foot problems?
1: Yeah. I, I see that a lot. I would say that probably the most common foot problem is, you know, you see like a flat foot or an over pronated foot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are saying, Oh, I got a flat foot and most people do. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, we make orthotics for that. Yeah. Um, You're sort of – you kind of have a supinated foot where you're on the outside of your foot more. Yeah. But you don't have that classic – you know, a lot of times with people have a supinated foot, they have a really high – I mean a really high cavus like arch in their foot. Mm -hmm. You kind of have –
0: Yeah, mine's somewhat flat. It's not super flat. But but. you still kind of roll on the outside. I burn the back outside edges of my boots up faster than any other part, which is weird because I also am a toe runner. And so I've got to buff my big toe down constantly with this pet egg thing. It looks like uh, Dumb and Dumber with a sander. I'm sanding away Right. because uh, when I run and I climb, I, I'm on my toes a lot. And, um, you know, a lot of people, which as you can imagine, because I've talked about some of my foot issues, um, you know, and how much really that the custom orthotic has helped. Um you know, I, I found like one of the issues I had was tight hamstrings and tight calf muscles that transferred down. It seemed like anyway into the arch of my foot, keeping that stretched out, and then having the good insoles because my footy my 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 shoe size has grown almost a full size now over the last five years. Um, I'm assuming that I don't know. Is that from my arch dropping from carrying too much weight and shitty footwear? It,
1: it could be. Um, you know, there's also there's other measurements in your foot. You know, there's that measurement from you know you put your foot on one of those Brannock devices and you measure it from your heel to your toes. Well, if you have really short toes, you know that may not be the correct shoe you need. You know, so there's a uh, on that device there's also a measurement. To the sort of the ball of your foot. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that's a more accurate. I mean, you may measure an 11, but if you look at sort of your arch length, then I
0: mean, you may be a 12. Well, what's funny that you bring that up because, you know, in the military, you go and they just look at that and they're kicking. in my, my toenails fell off frequently because they stuck me in a 10.5 to 11, where I should be in an 11.5 to a 12 right. for exactly what you explained. And I try to explain that to people. I'm not, I don't really know what I'm doing other than the fact I'm like, hey, you know, depending upon what dimensions you are throughout your foot. So, for example, even though I measure below an 11 when you buy like a like super feet or a, uh, an orthotic, I have to buy a 13 and trim it for the arch to line up with my foot that's on that as well as basically the how fat my, the front of my foot is, um, which I'm probably explaining that badly. But, I mean, what has happened is uh, – And a very good example of the mentality of some people I've had to deal with trying to help them out as well as people when I'm in a store is I'm going to run a marathon, right? They come in, they're pumped up, they're going to train and then they come in and they buy $39 shoes and God forbid they spend 60 on a set of, you know, cheap orthotics um, or whatever. And, And I used to be that way and it. Over time has really screwed up my feet where I think I would have been. I should have just got some good orthotics a long time ago, as wore, well as put in money to good boots. Now, do you agree with that? Or I mean, oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I think most people wear shoes that are too small, you know, they just I don't know, I'm an 11 and that's what they wear. Yeah, it, that may not be the case. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I fit people's shoes all the time and. It's surprising how many people don't know their shoe
0: size one. Um, Every woman I've ever dated, when I went to go buy them boots, I've had to buy a second set because the first time I'm like, look, I know that you've worn a shoe and a nine, but you probably are a 10 in the boot looking at it. And I want to be able to get like I do the two fingers squeezed together is what I want. I want to be able to flip those behind my heel with my toe slid as forward as far as it can, at least one finger for sure. Yeah. So I don't lose my toes. Amy's the same way. First set of boots we got her, going downhill, toes are killing her. And I'm like, I, I told you, right? You got to buy a half size bigger or more. And I I do, when people get a hold of me and say, my boots suck, my toenails fell off, I'm like, nah, it's probably not the boot, right? It's the fact you bought the wrong size because your toes are jamming into the front of your boot. And I've gotten black. I don't get any more now. First time I got black tail was, was Danner Pronghorn's. Uh, hunting wise and the leather stretched, my foot kept jamming forward and then all my toenails fell off like a week later. Like I pulled my sock off, a couple of them were attached, like, uh, anyway. So, I mean, did you feel that at all or the toenail coming off actually signs of diabetes? Yeah, no, no. But I tell you (laughs) what, when it was happening, I felt it. But later on when the toenails fell off, it didn't hurt at all. But, I, uh, yeah, no, I thank God I don't have diabetes, but I tell you what, I've had some s- serious issues. So, heel rub is another one I've had problems with. Thank you. I agree. Everybody I know wears probably a half size too small up to a full size. Yeah, the 10's not necessarily a 10. Um, you know, just because they put a 10 on it doesn't mean <laughs> it's, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wear no bullshit. I range from 11 to a 13, depending upon the manufacturer. Yeah, it's... And even one manufacturer, I'll wear different sizes inside their line. Um, like literally, the boot I have on now is from Hanbog. It's a 12. I'm a 12 and a half in the mountaineering boot. And then when I run their more tennis shoe, I'm an 11 and a half. Yeah. Um,
1: that 12 and a half is hard to find, too. It's like they just skip over it and, like,
0: eh, yeah, you're a 13 now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about uh like heel rub? Like, I, I'm i in the opinion of if, if your boots fry your heels out of the gate, uh, that's not a fixable issue. It's Yeah. Typically,
1: I, I think it's the, It's from the sole just being really stiff. Mm -hmm. When you walk, your foot, you know, it bends, bends, you know, behind your toes. And it's going to bend. And if that sole doesn't bend, it's super stiff. Your heel's just going to go.
0: It's going to slide up. Well, it took me like 15 sets of mountaineering boots to find the glove where I didn't get heel rub. And then I'll talk to guys that say I hate stiff boots because I get heel rub. And I generally say, well, it's because you haven't found the one that fits you correctly. So they wear a super flexible boot so they don't get that spring or that pop into the heel. I'm not a podiatrist. It's just I can wear pretty much any soft boot and not get heel rub for the most part. I could wear 20 stiff boots and one of them is probably not going to give me heel rub because it fits my foot correctly because they are so stiff. Um, and I try to relay that to people and that's what I'm hoping some of this podcast will do as far as foot issues is on on heel rub is, is if you're trying to get yourself into a stiff boot, if out of the box it is just blowing your heel apart – that's probably not going to get broken in and and go away for the most part you're going to have to find a boot that actually fits and doesn't do it from the from the get go now do you agree with that
1: uh yeah you know i try i i actually stretch mine back there you know that i gave you one of those little ring and balls you know to like use a, it constantly and, it's and, awesome and <laughs> if you put that thing back there and you just you know, go to town on it, Yeah, it'll, you know, the other thing too, I think when you put a custom orthotic in your shoe or just, or an off the shelf orthotic, it raises it up. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, where the boots sort of has that heel you know, pocket in there, you're up a little bit high from that. So I, I think that causes the rub too, but myself, I've noticed, and you know, when you get a real stiff sole, it's going to rub, Yeah, you know, and I, and I see enough uh, patients that, you know, I fit in new shoes and the first question I get from women is, my heel's rubbing. And, you know, they're just not used to that, you know, whether it's a new shoe and it's stiff, you know, and I tell them, hey, it's, it'll break in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, and they're also E narrows. I, For the life of me, I don't know why. <laughs> I,
0: no one's a narrow anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The I think uh, for me, which I've had every – you know, a a bunch of different issues. And, And the plantar fasciitis, I got a handle on fast. One, your insoles and two, stretching. Now, I think I got that personally from not wearing stiff enough boots. And then once I got a stiffer boot, it helped. But that's only me. It seems like it's different for maybe everyone. I don't know. But with carrying 80 to 150 plus pound loads I didn't get that and it what it seemed like is is not having a strong enough arch support and it it really flexed that that arch portion of my foot and then the next day I don't know if everything was just cramping up but I'd hop out of bed and about hit the ground like a sniper got me from the pain shooting up in the arch of my foot now what how does that work
1: well on the bottom of your foot it's your plantar fascia so it's a it's a sort of a broad tissue, and attaches on your heel, and it you know comes forward to the ball of your foot. Uh, Usually what happens is you get a little tear in that where it inserts on your heel. So there's an actual tear in that. And when you step down, it's – I've experienced it. It's very painful.
0: It hurts a lot. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I kind of have it. I've had it for, I don't know, six years. It's just – you know, it's like a two on a pain scale. And it's just there. You know, it doesn't really – it's more annoying. But plantar fasciitis typically, I think, is caused from just lack of range of motion in your gastroc. You know, that muscle's tight.
0: Now, you explain know, what that is because most people aren't going to know. What's your gastroc? Yeah, you that's know, your calf muscle.
1: So, you're, in your calf, you have gastroc. Underneath that's the soleus. Um, yeah, you told
0: me that immediately, and that's what fixed but it. But, it,
1: yeah, it, it attaches, you know, it goes down into your Achilles tendon. And when that's tight, it's sort of pulling – your heel up
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: so there's always a sort of tension on it you know you step down and something's going to give it's usually where that inserts on that fascia
0: right and I you had me do um, calf drops off of stairs was one of the things you said to, to yeah, try stretching uh, that's
1: I mean I would say the first line of defense is orthotics mm-hmm. you know that hold your arch up keep it from flexing pulling on that uh, but you know getting more range of motion
0: yeah, and my hamstrings and my calves, and I have um, giant calf muscles from yeah. being a toe walker, which seems like that compounds the issue when they ball up. So what I started doing was stretching my calves, voodoo floss on my calves, stretching my hamstrings, and then obviously that orthotic. And I, you built me three sets and... They're, uh, they're, they're lightweight and I have beaten the living crap out of them, but I haven't had any issues since you got me those orthotics and I've been stretching and I've packed out. Well, after I packed out that moose, which was extremely heavy the next morning, I had a little bit of tightness in my heel and I stretched my ear in my arch and I stretched my calves out and kind of rolled my arch. But the first time I got it, I got on YouTube and it said to roll my bottom of my foot and that didn't do shit. I mean, that, I that didn't do anything. For me, um, stretching my calf muscle definitely helped out a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds you know like why why am I stretching my calf muscle? It hurts on the bottom of my foot, but you know everything connects.
0: Right. Well, I got a doctor telling me that my elbow pains from my shoulder and my neck uh, transferring down. Cause, uh, I got inside elbow pains, uh, where, you know, I can't, you know, I do pull-ups all the time. Now, if I do 10, I drop down and I'm in pain for five minutes from my my inside of my elbow. Same thing was like the plantar fascia or whatever. He said everything connects. So got you hunt as well. Um, so everybody kind of knows that, um, how important do you think it is to have stiff boots for backpack hunting compared to a flexible boot? Or do you think a flexible boot is fine with an orthotic? Uh,
1: I, I personally wear sort of on the stiffer end, medium stiff maybe. Um, I don't really like real flexible, but it's just it's just this boot. I, I mean, an orthotic will help, but you know if the sole of the boot is stiff, you know, it's stiff. It's not – you know, you're not going to change that by putting an orthotic in there. Um, you might be able to get away with maybe a less
0: stiff boot if you have an orthotic in there, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering because I know like um, – it seems to me – and I've talked to, like South Cox about this. Brian calls another guy. They have the foot of – um. Of a Native American and they can wear anything, super flexible boots and it doesn't bug them. And I think guys like that probably won't ever have problems. Maybe, I mean, maybe they're genetically, but guys like me, um, Matt Brimmer's another guy I've talked with a ton. He's, he's in the hunting community and he's got plantar fasciitis. He's a big dude. And he called me and we're like, he's like, dude, I got custom insoles game changer like he sent me a message just to say hey you were." I think I don't know if he was saying you were right because I thought I told him I got custom orthotics or telling me to say go get them I'm not sure but he immediately was like hey that that made all the difference and what screwed me up is and South came down here to talk to me about it because I wasn't bagging on him I just listened to the uh right I read um he and and cam talking about cam like stiff boots sounds like flexible and i was having trouble finding a set of stiff boots that didn't give me heel rub so i threw on some really flexible boots i think i packed out like a 12 13 animals that year and totally fucked my feet up like you know I, there was a full moon productions they were wearing solomon tennis shoes and gators i'm like i'll do that right i wore i packed out a bull with solomon tennis shoes my feet were so screwed up after that season for more inflexible boots. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to walk quieter in a flexible boot or they're not going to grip to rocks better. But what I was getting at was my long-term issues after that season, season and a half of flexible boots has has echoed for the, the next several years of problems to where I went to a, a Scarpa Triole, some Hanvogs from Lathrop & Sons, like super stiff boots. And the problems I didn't have anymore. But I also carry more weight than I probably should, um, which doesn't help.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, out here hunting's a lot different. You know, you're in the mountains, you're carrying a lot of weight. Uh, I, You know, I gravitate towards heavy, stiffer type boot, you know, but they're heavy. And, you know, sometimes you can get a boot, you know, maybe it has a bigger toe rocker in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it can still be stiff, but it really rolls
0: forward. Mm -hmm. You know, that does help. Right. And I know Lathrop, that's kind of what they did with their, um, their new, um, well, actually, I'm trying to, I think it's the extreme, uh, and I know whatever else, but it, I noticed when I tried theirs on, I don't have a set yet that that boot was one of those that I put on and I didn't get heel rub. And they explained a lot about like with the rocker, the way it rocks or whatever. And I'm not a podiatrist, right? I don't know what I'm doing, I just wear the boots, but whatever fits, I'm pretty happy with. And and it is difficult to find a stiff boot that doesn't rub your heel. Yeah.
1: You know, rocker bottom shoes, we actually, you know, we fabricate those for patients. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have a, you know, maybe your ankle is fused, it doesn't move. Um, You know, so we'll build... You know, think of like a rocker around the bottom of your shoe just so it rolls forward. You know, even if you don't have ankle motion, it, it rolls forward and takes a lot of that pressure off.
0: Yeah. And I Tommy Clum, I was just talking to him because he wears a super stiff boot. He's got club feet and he had them fused together, I think, is what, what happened. And so he's got to wear stiff shoes or boots yeah. for that reason, From the way it sounds. Did so they uh, fuse his ankle or mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what they did. What? How often do you have to deal with that? I
1: see. I see quite a few kids for club feet. You know, we do we do different things. So if you think of their foot, it's sort of turned in. You know, that sort of a C-shaped foot. Um, you know, there's different things you can do. We do bracing for it, you know, like a you know a brace that you know goes up above your calf. Uh, you know, an AFO we call it. It's an ankle foot orthosis where we can straighten that foot out. Or you may wear a, a reverse last shoe. So they actually make shoes that the left looks like the right and the right looks like the left, you know, it sort of pulls it away. Right. And pulls that foot out. And, you know, the, you know, we we may put a bar between it to keep their hips angled out too.
0: So it doesn't screw up their gait or, or helps correct their right. gait. Yeah.
1: Well, if you, when you're young, you can sort of correct that and, and not, you know, if you don't, you know, as you get older, you're going to start to develop problems. You know, I see a lot of elderly patients that they have club feet and they never did anything. You know, back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, now they do surgery. Um, to fix it. Pretty quickly, uh, surgery. Or uh, you can put a cast on their foot and sort of pull it over.
0: Yeah. How often do you see people get cortisone shots for like plantar fasciitis problems? Uh, it's it's pretty common. Is it yeah. a Band-Aid or is it an actual fix? Well, I, I
1: think you need to do – you know, when people tell me they get one shot and, you know, one and done – you know, I think cortisone, you need to do a series of shots. Mm-hmm. I would sort of try
0: other options before I did that, I, if it were me. I tell you what, I'm getting to the point this year, I'm going to get my elbows fucking flared up with cortisone if I have to, because uh if I don't get them fixed beforehand, because, like, the last time this happened, I, I fell with a sheep on my back. And <clears throat> wherever I put my hand, I thought I ripped something off my elbow. And the rest of the season, I couldn't do a pull-up, and I was – we're packing out a goat and John pinched, climbed up this rock wall and overhang and he's on top. Hey, come on. And I'm like, yeah, you're going alone. I got to go around. It's like, dude, I can't pull myself up. He's like, what? I'm like, dude, I'm fucked. I'm like, I can't get up there. And yeah. uh, you have a golfer's elbow. Yeah. That's is what that a, what it is? Yeah, It's, it's, that, right it's a
1: medial epicondylitis. Yeah. Whatever you said, like it's lateral. Usually, you know, you hear people that say tennis elbow. Right. And that's, a, um, that's
0: on the outside. Mm hmm. I don't have so, that. Right. Yeah. And what happens is um let's say I grab a backpack and go to reef it up, I just get shooting pains down the inside of my elbow and uh,
1: did that did you try you tried one of those like, tennis yeah. elbow splints to help?
0: Yeah, it didn't help a whole whole lot. Yeah. Um, and the theory
1: behind that is that you know you squeeze it tight and it pulls your tendons, you know, it changes the angle the you know the insertion point so it's not pulling on that. I may much. have
0: to have you look at it or something because um I can shoot my bow, I can draw my bow, no problem at all. But like uh you know, like we were packing that that kid's bear out and we just tied it. It was only like maybe four hundred yards and we just tied its feet up to a log to pack it out of, you know, a tree. Yeah. And I curled it up on my shoulder and uh my fucking elbow hurt so bad on the inside of my shoulder, <laughs> like, man, that's not good. Like it's pretty heavy putting in we did that one
1: time, we uh we had a deer and we put it on a stick, you know, we're going to carry it out and
0: the uh, uh, damn thing's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jeez. funny that the kid, uh, he was funny because uh, Lander was giving him shit about having the shoulders of a brown trout because a trout don't have shoulders, right? And we, you know, you're young, you haven't desensitized yourself to many things in life, one being pain. Um, maybe you're just naturally good at dealing with it, but he's. 21 or something and i'm 41 and i've felt a lot so i got it on my shoulder and he's squirming behind me he wasn't liking it and it's swaying back and forth and he's telling me what's going on like man it keeps swaying around i'm like i know i'm carrying it too shut up let's go like yeah (laughs) but he uh yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, you know, a couple 250 pounds swinging around on a stick, but I was too, it was, the mosquitoes were bad. I didn't want to skin it out. So I was like, fuck it, let's just pack it back to the truck. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But what, um, like, for people that have um, the standard heel rub, plantar fasciitis, anything like that, should they go to their doctor first or is a doctor pretty much worthless or they, should they go straight to a specialist or what's a, what, what, what should they do?
1: Uh, I, you know, podiatrist is always a good, you know, I think those guys are great. Um, you know, they make orthotics and, you know, I think, you know, if you see an ortho, you know, we work off a of prescription. So, you know, I don't write prescriptions for the devices we do, but, you know, think of us as a pharmacy, we fill the prescription, but we're the guys that actually make them, you know, we make all of our stuff. So, Um, You know, I don't know how many podiatrists are making their own stuff. Um, You know, a lot of times you do take an impression and send it to a lab. And and we do do that, but the majority of the stuff is we make it in our shop. Gotcha. You know, so, and we make, you know, I mean, we're making foot orthotics, you know, ankle, bracing, knee, hips, arms, spinal, cervical. I mean, we do everything. Gotcha. So, you know, when you build stuff for a living – you know, I think you have a little bit better handle on it. But, I, you know,
0: I think a podiatrist is a good, you know, great place to go. Yeah. Good way to start. Now, do um, like overall, how much, and these are just questions I get, like guys talk about cheap footwear, you know, good. I mean, my, my advice to people is by A high quality, uh, boot that fits them just because they buy a high quality boot doesn't mean it's going to actually work for them. And the reason why I suggest that is one, durability, but two, you don't get the leather that stretches. That's an issue I've had with cheaper boots before. Throughout the course of the day, the leather is stretching out and and my foot sliding. So I'm getting a lot of hot spots from, uh, uh, you know, on the bottom of my feet from my foot sliding, or I'm getting hot spots on the top of my foot from it sliding in and blisters because the leather was cheap and it and it wore out, also those boots will leak. But do you think like, you know, a, a three $400 set of boots is that much better than a $150 to $250 set? Or, I mean, what's your opinion on that?
1: Again, I think it's what fits. Um, you know, what I look for when I buy a boot, you know, a lot of these boots have you know, the stitching on them is insane. You know, there's so many stitches on these things, you know, and think of those stitches, those don't stretch, you know, so if you got a whole bunch of stitches over your metatarsal heads, you know, it's not going to stretch out. But if you have a leather boot that doesn't have that on that, it'll, you know, it'll conform to your foot or you can stretch it yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what that thing you've given
0: me looks like a torture device. Yeah, that's a, it's called a ring and ball. Right. That's been amazing <laughs> because like, um, um, uh, my big, the knuckle of my big toe on a lot of my boots, I get rubbed there, uh, when I get a orthotic in. And so I just bring in yeah, ball it, that and it fixes it immediately. I leave it on overnight and it's,
1: yeah. And it's hard to, you know, if you have that Rand, that mm-hmm. rubber Rand around the outside of it, that's, that's pretty tough to stretch, but if it's leather, yeah, I just put it on that. Yeah. Now, do you you like leather boots better than synthetic? You know, I started wearing synthetics, and I I, I like the lightness. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, they, they seem hotter. I don't know if
0: that's just me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they breathe. They're supposed to breathe better, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they are. And I, I think a lot of that, too, or some some of that, anyway, Um, you know, depends on what it is, right? I mean, like, I have a set of mountaineering boots that are um, – kind of a hybrid, uh, leather and synthetic and my feet freeze in those. And then I've got another set of, uh, you know, mountaineering boots that are, are, uh, all leather and my feet sweat, you know, to death. It seems, I guess it's a case to case basis depending, but I know, um, you know, for the, for the most part, like for what I've tried, it's been the other way around where the leather ones were hotter, but not always again, like, yeah. I, I think it just depends. Now, on that note, on this, as far as the different, like, you know, footwear like brands or whatever. So, having seen how many different boots are are made, and I know you're not a, you're a, not a boot expert, but when you talk about like the sewing, right, the stitching, you know, depending upon how the boots made, that's um, you know potentially putting a hell of a lot more holes in the booty that's made of Gore Tex or whatever else, or it's more prone to leaking. So I've really for me to have a boot that I feel is um waterproof um, it's generally only going to be waterproof for about a year before everything goes to shit, including Gore-Tex or whatever else is in there. And so like with a leather boot, you can treat a leather boot a lot easier for as far as waterproofing than you can a synthetic boot, um, you know, mostly because it seems like maybe the uh, leather is obviously gonna, one, it's more waterproof maybe to begin with, but two, you can get that water treatment to kind of suck into the leather. I'm only talking about this, I guess, because as people go to drop three to four, $500 on footwear, um, the getting it to fit is the paramount thing. And after that is gonna be basically if the boots worth the shit over long term or not. Um, with what, you guys do custom footwear, but you don't do custom boots, correct?
1: No, we, uh, custom, well, it's diabetic stuff. We do custom, you know, if someone has a foot deformity and there's no way they can wear a shoe. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Right. You know, so we have to take a mold and usually I send it out and they build a, you know, a shoe for their foot.
0: Right. Is there very many, do you know of, like boot manufacturers that make custom boots? Uh, not that I know of. Yeah, I know There, I think maybe Whites or West Coast does more of a custom boot. But, you know, for me, and it's easy for me because I live in Colorado, I just go to a mountaineering store um, or whatever I can and try on as many. And I've tried on enough. Like I can go on the stupid little rock wall thing or whatever, the little angled thing you climb up, see if you got heel rub. I can put the boots on and basically do heel lifts and know if I'm, you know, toe lifts or whatever and see if I'm going to get, you know, some serious pain. Now, Do you think a boot, you should have some play, like, for your, you know, footwear up front, back and forth? Or should they be fairly tight? Um, I mean, how do you feel about how much gap do you want for? Like the length. Length and width. I I usually do, like, a thumbs width Mm -hmm. sort of. um,
1: You know, I think as you hike, too, you know, your feet swell. So, you know, I'm not opposed
0: to having, you know, a more roomy shoe Mm -hmm. or shoe or boot. Right. Well, and I, I mean, the locking laces are big for me because I'll unlock them and give yeah. her some room and then lock them up tighter when I would.
1: Yeah, I've tried, you know, the different configurations with lacing and, I, and it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of difference
0: for me. My feet swell, so where it makes a difference for, for me or whatever really is more when I stop. Like if I stop, my feet swell. When I'm walking, it doesn't seem to happen. And a lot of times I will have to just... The, the locking lace isn't that big of a deal. I'll snap it loose and then tighten it back up, locking it in with more room up in the toe box. Um, but it seems like, you know, an hour later, I'm tightening them back up again. So I, for years, never used locking laces if I needed something to um, – I would just do that twisted knot to hold it in place more than a locking lace. But I, I do know one of the other things too that I skip laces when I need to if I have a pressure point. Um, so as I go up, if I have like on that uh, – the knuckle of the big toe – I'll just skip that loop and leave pressure off of it. Um, And I've had to do that before because my feet are so goofy. So, um, which I know you're not basically a foot or a a shoe building expert for mountaineering or backpacking guys. Do you think that's a bad idea to do? No. I,
1: you know, do what works.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I get boots and, you know, I, you know, I'm stretching them and, you know, don't be afraid to. You know, get a pair of pliers out and go to town on them, you
0: know. So how, how hard is it for people – because I've suggested to several people to get that ring and ball. And you could probably
1: just Amazon. Yeah. That thing. It's just a ring and ball. Thing. You know, it's a round ring and a ball and it pushes through that hole, you know. So you put it on the boot and clamp it down. It just pushes that out. Um, you know, I just – I'll work it. Um, you know, the other thing I do too is I usually tape my heels mm-hmm. and just –
0: and then it doesn't seem to be much of an issue. Yeah. I, I pre-tape for every hunt my heels with Leuco tape. Um, yeah, it's I been do the in, same. Yeah. Hunting-wise or whatever, uh, not to get off-subject to footwear, fake feet, and uh, diabetes, but you, um, you've Michigan originally? Yes. How long ago did you move out uh, here? 2002. Yeah. And have you been doing quite a bit of mountain hunts since you've been out here?
1: Yeah, pretty much since I got out here. You know, we started out just you know using our, uh, you know, I just had a regular uh, backpacking backpack, yeah, you know, and seventy pounds, and I thought, geez, <laughs> 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 something's got to get you know a little <laughs> improved here. So that's sort of what led me to Kafaru. Um,
0: yeah, but yeah, we you know we've been doing that for a while. Yeah, and you bow and gun hunt both. Right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, last year we won't give away the unit, but you drew a high country buck rifle tag. Yes. Did yeah. you guys end up Correct. getting?
1: Uh, yeah, I had it. I didn't shoot one. My buddy. We both had tags. Yeah. And, um, you know, we found a pretty nice one, and shot it, and we got it out of there. And I wasn't ready to go back in. <laughs> I mean, it was it just kicked my butt. I mean, it it was hard.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I've been where you went. It is very hard. Um, I mean, to a point when people draw that tag, I try to explain to them, like, if this is varsity level shit, you can gain and lose, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12,000 feet in a day, um, depending upon how, you know, motivated you are, and, and I personally have packed, like, one elk out of there, not right where you were, but the same thing, and it wasn't a big elk, um, and I thought, you know, I'm never going to do this again for anything that that's not well over 300 inches, because it was so bad, and the thing was, is the the chances of you just going only downhill in that unit and not having to go up are pretty fucking slim. It could happen, but for the most part, you're probably gonna be passing a couple mountain ranges coming out, depending upon how far back in you were. Um, how far was your guys's pack out? <laughs> oh, you
1: know, I don't know. It, uh... Took a day. Yeah. <laughs> Were you pretty beat up? Oh, yeah. I was I was done. I mean, you know, when I hike, I try to stay in shape. I'm not you – know, I'm trying to do a lot more this year yeah, to get ready for that type of uh, <laughs> quest.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, it's tough. I mean, you see people – you know, I hear people, oh, I hiked in 10 miles and I packed out all, you know, 150 pounds. And I don't think a lot of people can really do that.
0: No, most of them are full shit. Yeah, that's Um, what I... Yeah. There's the, that's, it's the internet, uh, 150 pounds. And, and, you know, as I say that I I have done that, but I mean, you've seen what we do Yeah, you guys do it all the time. I mean... For, well, and you see how we train though. I've been doing it since I was a kid, but I also know when I wasn't as good a shape, right? And, uh... What I, what was probably 80, I said was 120. And what was probably three miles, I said was six, right? Because it just felt that bad. And I know, I think I know where you guys were at. That's probably four or five um, coming out pretty easily, if not a little better, depending upon where you were back there. Um, but you're also dealing with twelve to 13,000 feet because right. you're pretty far up. So there's not a lot of oxygen. Um, and then the side-hilling, which, I don't, you know, I don't mind climbing uh, too much, and I, you know, downhill is a little hard on the knees, but the side hilling is pretty bad uh, for me. One on the edges of my feet, obviously the out- outer edges of my feet, side hilling, but it also, you know, when you train and if you just train going up and downhill, which is pretty much what everybody's forced to do, or you're training just on a stair stepper, you're not really breaking in your ankles and all the different parts of your calf and shins and everything else that I've found to where. A lot of guys I know that are fit and have trained, but then they're, like, getting massive pain in the side of their ankles and side of their calf and shin muscles because they just weren't to the the lateral movement, I guess. Um, What parts were hurting on you, your entire body or? Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) everything. Um, You know, legs, just just not, you know, being in that ultimate shape, I guess. It's, It's hard to train for that. I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's one thing to hike up and down the hill, but then you do it at 13,000. Yeah. You know, it's like you hit 12 and it's like a different level.
0: It sucks every bit of – I tried to explain it to a few guys before to where when you take oxygen – like, I guess your blood oxygen level or whatever your lactic acid buildup or you have to get motivated sometimes to go a hundred yards. Like your body is just, you're pooped. You're just fucking tired and there's no way around it. And we do a lot of hunts each year at 12, 13,000 feet. And by the end, you're pretty acclimated and used to it. But, you know, initially I remember packing out a deer and we had you know, this a few years ago and we had to go up and over the top at like, it's like twelve eight, and, but it was about a thousand foot climb to get up and over. Fuck me. It took me. Like three hours to make this climb where I normally would make it in like 30 minutes, right? And I I was going like 50 yards and like sitting down and then going again, and it just sucked the life out of me. And I, I, until you're up there, I just don't think you realize how much of a pain it can be. What do you got? Did you draw any tags this year? Uh, or do you think you're gonna draw any tags anyway?
1: Yeah, I think so. We put it, I mean, I put in for elk. I mean, I have one point, the unit takes one point. Um, Put in for deer, and we have a couple in Wyoming. We're putting in for
0: yeah, um,
1: antelope and deer.
0: Do you do more bow or more gun or just eh, kind of whatever? Whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not picky. Yeah, you're shooting. Now you just got a prime recently. Yeah. didn't Yeah, Synergy Hybrid. Yeah, are yeah. you like? Love yeah. it? Yeah, it's great. And then you you shoot some long range rifle stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah. What what what's your what what are you rocking right for? now? Uh,
1: 280 AI is. What I'm using mostly. Yeah.
0: Who built that?
1: Uh, Dave Sullivan. Is he a? He's in. Um, where's Dave? He's up in. Uh, it's up north a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a big horn action, uh, Chandlin barrel, Manor stock, dual trigger. A,
0: what do you got on it for a first scope? I
1: uh, I hunt with a loophole the VX6. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that thing's pretty light. You know it's. I have some heavy tactical scopes, but they're. You no, know, those things are 33 ounces.
0: Yeah, like Night Force or? Uh,
1: I, have a, um, well, I have a few. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you have Schmidt and Bender? I have a Schmidt Bender, <laughs> yeah, PM2. Motherfuckers are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's unbelievable scope. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's heavy, though.
0: Yeah. No, I threw a Night Force on. I'm not a gun guy, but I had a custom 338 built and a, a Night Force. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was whatever. The NSX or? ATAC, the ATAC, I think. Anyways, heavier than sin, right? But I mean, I I was like, man. I mean, I guess if I was going to shoot something at a thousand yards, this will save some some walking, right? But still, like, I just I couldn't get into it as much, um, you know. But I'm going, for, you know, I recurve, right? Where I got to get whatever within thirty yards or something. To the mentality of I'll just sit here and shoot it from a thousand yards away. It's a little bit different. It's definitely the it's a it's an art, you know, shooting long range totally different. Uh, especially wind calls and everything else. How far was the shot on that buck you guys shot? Yeah,
1: it was pretty short, 280.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: you know, we train long distance, and then you get out there and it's 200, 300. Yeah, you know. yeah. And my buddy Pete, he, uh, he's like, man, this is just a chip shot. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. 300 yards. You know, back in the, you know, when I was growing up, that was, that was a long shot.
0: Oh yeah. And, you know, well, now it's no range finder too. I mean. Like way like I that really changed the game. Bow and and gun. I yeah. mean, um, you know, after three four hundred yards, depending upon the caliber, it was really a poke and a hope with a gun if you didn't have a range finder. Where now, you know, I'm ranging stuff freehand up to nineteen hundred yards pretty easily with some of these range finders. And yeah, you, I mean, yeah. I,
1: I have that kilo uh, twenty four hundred. Yeah, and I range, I can range like cars up by Red Rocks from my house. Yeah, like thirty two hundred yards.
0: Yeah, just with, holding it. Yeah, which That's, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the I don't
1: have a rifle that can
0: shoot that far. Yeah, what's your what's your what do you for with shooting with a rifle at a target?
1: Like a steel target, I have a
0: thousand. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, but I you know it's not like you just shoot a thousand. It's it's the wind. It's all about the wind. Yeah, you know, and it's you shoot and it's you know you're reading. You think it's from the left, but the actually
0: the wind's coming from the right. Yeah, I've learned from watching with guys. We've like. John Pinch and Ryan Avery both shot animals well over a thousand trying to call the wind, and there's the, whether they say there's the wind you can see, the wind you can feel, and the wind you can't see, um, meaning, you know, what's happening right where you're at, right? You can feel that wind, and the wind that you can see, like watching trees or whatever, and then the one that fucks you is the one you can't see, Um that uh, when you're trying to call the wind or whatever, and especially shooting over canyons, like, hell, I thought there was a river down there when we were calling the wind. It was a fucking wind. And <laughs> so we shot a bit right because my wind call was out. I shouldn't be calling wind for shit because I just don't know. I can call it for archery 100 yards and in, but with the gun thing, with all the different thermals and everything else, it's just uh, it's pretty amazing at long distance. And the uh, there's nothing fast about long-distance shooting either, like, Getting the gun stable, getting on the animal, getting the right range, hoping the animal stays there at the right range. Because that's the one thing, too. If the animal's feeding, especially in the rut, the fucker moves a couple hundred yards. We've we've had to reassess the situation, rearrange it, and then move. And when you're dialed into 24, or 28 power, you know, they're in a big hole you're looking through. So I thought it was fun. Like I liked to help, but it wasn't my thing. But the one thing I did learn is watching rounds fly across the canyon and hitting right behind the animal because the wind call was bad. I was amazed at like 1, 1,000 and 1,400-yard shots, like bullets drifting, drifting four or five feet uh, with bad wind calls. It was just I was amazed by it. So
1: Yeah, when I shoot, you know, a lot of times I put that, you know, I have one of those phone scopes, and I put it on my spotting mm-hmm. scope, and I'll shoot. And I have to go back and watch the video because I can't. I mean, you know, you can sometimes call your shots or you can see the impact. But yeah, when it gets out to that distance, you, know, you can't even hear it.
0: A lot of times. Well, I, I was amazed when you shoot at the animal and you don't hit them, they don't even know it hit. Like, they're just like, oh, is that a Tweety Bird? Yeah, they don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, it's good for a guy that gets cold, because we can build bonfires where we're at, because the animal doesn't give a shit at a thousand yards, right? I mean, they don't care what's going on over there, so. But, yeah, I don't think I would ever shoot that far yeah. on an animal. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, maybe the farthest shot, when Pinch shot that goat, I can't remember it was 11 or 1400. That's, and, uh, that's a long way. He's one of the best, though, yeah. around. Like, I think he's fifth or fourth right now in the PRS on a bad year. Um, I don't even know what PRS is. The professional Rifle Shooting. Yeah, something. Precision, precision Rifle They're, Series. Yeah, Precision Rifle. And he does really well, and, and Avery does too. But, like, uh, you know, North Idaho, like, shooting rocks and shit is like a national pastime, right? Like, and they'll see a good rock and then get a truck set up and shoot, to see if the gun's on. And that was amazing. Like, you know, you're shooting in a clear cut or a burn, um, shooting at this rock. And, it. you know, the next thing you know, like half an hour later, animals are coming out. They didn't know what the hell was going on over there. But you're hearing the the gun go off. So you're thinking, Jesus. But when you're sure a stump, right, that, you know, you can see uh, where your impact is. There obviously isn't any noise over there, not very much where the point of impact or that place of impact is because um, the animals, they don't seem to. I mean, I shot at a mule deer at eleven hundred yards, one of my epic screw ups of my only real long range. Fucking idiot. I've told the story several times. But anyway, they were like zero out the windage and elevation and elevation. You know, I'm on the gun and I zero it out and then I start cranking on the windage and I'm like, What well, that doesn't make any sense. Because if I crank it all the way down, I can't go the other way. Huh, that's not good. So I'm trying to, I'm like calling them like, hey, where's where were you zeroed on windage? And they're like, uh, zero is zero, man. Just, it is what it is. And I'm like, well, do you have a mark? They're like, no. And uh, and then one guy, he's like, even if there was a mark, how would you know how many times you cranked on it, right? So I just guessed back. I think I fired seven or nine rounds at this deer. It didn't even really move um, before I finally stopped because I thought I was going to shoot a doe uh, from screwing up. And I was amazed. They had no idea that the gun was even going off. Like, they had no idea. And it was in the snow. So, I mean, they might have moved their head or something when the gun went off, but they didn't know what the hell was up. And then I picked my bow up and went hunting again because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Do those guys
1: most – do they dial their windage or they just hold it in the scope? I mean, we hold hold it in the scope
0: because – to say they have the mill, the yeah, like yeah, and they just hold off. Yeah. I don't think they dial. I mean, most guys I've talked to don't, maybe John does, and I don't want to misspeak, but for the most part, they just hold off. Yeah. Um, you know, because they go whatever. i looking at some of those, uh, through some of those scopes, there's about a million and a half tick marks. Oh, in some those of those rockers. are insane, yeah,
1: you know, whores, reticles, or whatever they call them. At, you know, it's 4,000 dots in there, yeah. I, I don't. Get confusing. I did a headache looking at
0: that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Um, well, cool. Well, is there anything uh, you want to add or whatever as far as with with what you do, um, or or maybe some um, advice for guys, especially with foot problems in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's you know there's options with um, foot problems. You know, you can you know see your podiatrist, but you know there's custom orthotics, um, shoe work. You know, you can do work on a shoe. It doesn't always have to be. Um, you know, in the orthotic, you know, if you, you know, patients that, I see people that really, really maybe they roll the outside a lot, you know, so we'll wedge their shoe, mm-hmm. you, know. you know, you can only do so much with an orthotic too, right? It's just, it's under your foot, you know, and we're trying to control your foot, but it's, it's just under your foot. You know, we try to bring them up a little bit higher on your foot to control your heel
0: a mm-hmm. little bit more, but now when you, you like wedge a little it, more wedging a shoe you're just wedging their foot over so it can't roll out basically yeah we
1: just you just grind the shoe um you know in that direction yeah or you can bring the shoe out a little bit more you know, make it a wider platform yeah you know so it's harder to roll out um there's a lot of things you can do you know sometimes guys just need more than foot orthotics you know you may need to you know think about doing something with the ankle too or Mm -hmm.
0: Stretching, stretching, (laughs) foam roll.
1: You know, there's you know people get knee pain from, you know, you know foot position.
0: Yeah, you know, so that can help with that. Yeah, I've 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 noticed my knee pain has gone down on the outsides of my knees since the orthotics, and I'm assuming um, it's either one from 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 stretching just in general. Um, or if it's the orthotic has helped me walk a little bit better, or maybe since I don't have. I'm not walking goofy sometimes from the pain in my foot that maybe walking goofy threw off my gait and hurt the outsides of my knees. I'm only guessing at all of this, but I do know since the plantar fasciitis went away that I've had less pain in my knees. And I'm assuming it's maybe because I just naturally walked a little bit goofy because of the pain in my feet and that kind of threw my knees off for a while. Yeah, I mean,
1: it can be. You know, if your foot, let's say you roll in or you overpronate... You know, everything's collapsing to the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, that puts pressure on the outside of your knee.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You know, so straightening that out will take pressure off of that. You know, typically men, I see, you know, they they usually get sort of medial pain on their knee that, you know, like on the inside, Mm -hmm. um, osteoarthritis. You know, women tend to be more on
0: the outside. Gotcha. But Yeah. I'm I'm like a woman because mine is definitely on the outside. And I've had IT band issues It's another pain in the ass of not stretching. Yeah,
1: it may be just, you know, a a muscle or stretching. I mean, does it feel like it's in your knee
0: joint? Yeah, it's on the outside. Yeah, yeah, it's like a tendon type of an issue. Um, And I've kind of gotten a hold of, you know, all of that a little bit better. But, like, um, I'm also very cognizant of of, if we're about to do a big pack out, I stretch now before we start heading out where I never did that shit before. And then I've used voodoo floss and foam roll and stretch a lot now where i didn't start doing that shit till i was probably 38 um but i tell you what once you start having problems you definitely start to learn i we had less welch on here and he was didn't want to get made fun of he started doing yoga to right. to help and he said it's been like life changing for him you know huge for for stretching or whatever so yeah
1: i would say the majority of problems that I see our – it's just lack of range of motion, which causes causes so many problems. I mean, I'm excited if – I can see someone in my office and they actually get their foot to like a 90-degree angle. Yeah. Which you should be able to get, you know, 20 degrees more than that.
0: I mean, they're that tight. I think I'm there. Uh, In fact, Austin told me the reason why I've never rolled an ankle – is my range of motion is so piss poor and i'm it's so just, tight it's a strong it's just strong and he said like if i do roll an ankle i'll probably break it because to get it to actually roll um there's gonna be so much weight on my back it's just gonna go ahead and follow through because i've never twisted an ankle so not that that's a good thing but i just thought like oh i have really strong ankles yeah it turns out i'm just all fucked up because i'm so like inflexible that i can't there's not a lot of lateral movement, so. Yeah, and st-
1: I mean, stretching's a job. You know, you see people that, oh, I
0: stretched, but it's there's a lot more to it and time you need to do. Yeah, I would say, like before, when I said I stretched, it was like a three-minute, five-minute thing, where now it's a 45-minute yeah. ordeal. Like, if I go to the gym for an hour and 15... Half of that time was stretching, like now when I'm really trying to focus on it. So
1: Yeah, I always think of it as more of a lengthening than, you know, when you think of stretching, you know, you're just like pulling things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more when you pull on something slowly, it grows longer. You know, okay. so it's more of a growth, I think than yeah. just a stretch. You know, when you pull on those
0: muscles and tendons, they get longer. That's what they – the physical therapist, when I ripped my bicep off um, because they had to run the tendon through the bone and then staple it on the backside. Um, That's what they explained was we're not really stretching shit. Uh, There's some stretching there, but we're helping elongate that muscle or tendon or whatever uh, to compensate for what they took away over time. And I mean that's three months you're doing that. And I don't have any problems now. Now, you know, when they tested me, they were like, how, how flat can I go with my hands and everything? And they said, like, if you see a guy that didn't pay attention to in, um, you know, do what they were supposed to do in physical therapy, the one that got ripped off will be like stuck like this. And the guy that actually worked at it can go flat. Um you know, I, I, I just did what they told me because I wanted to be able to use my arm again but uh, or have a full range of motion.
1: That's a sort of the same term, you know, with your food, supination pronation mm-hmm. in your arms.
0: Right, right. No, that makes sense. Huh. Well, I think uh, – well, hopefully this helps out some of the guys that listen in and ask uh, with foot problems because I, I would say as far as physical problems, the feet thing, I, we get probably 30, 40 emails a week just on foot problems alone. And I'm like, guys, I – tell you how i'm fucked up but i i really don't know what to tell you so i mean
1: there's you know you can also do you know off the shelf orthotics they're not bad Mm -hmm. um you know i i have some yeah um
0: which of those would you suggest off the top of your head
1: yeah what we have is a little different than you know like a you know if you go to walmart or something i guess they have you know dr Scholl's or they're
0: you know whatever feels good and fits it's do you think super feet are as much as they're hyped up to be, or is that a lot of marketing? Yeah, I think it's a lot of marketing. Yeah. You
1: know, they. I, from what I know of those guys, you know, it's you know, it's not a custom made yeah. device. You know, there's like a number two. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, or if you get a custom one, and we take a mold of your foot and build it for you. Right. You know, there's difference. You know, and I would also look at, you know, there's a lot of sort of late night television going on with foot orthotics. You know, they can you know cure everything you have and
0: you know fix your scoliosis and <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything else so yeah what uh, how much is roughly a custom orthotic um j- mean, r- yeah, range anyway you know i charge about you know 350 400 mm-hmm. bucks
1: you know i hear stories of 5 600 mhm um, it seems an awful lot yeah and then how long will those generally last well the orthotic will last it should last forever really just the Um, top yeah those top covers will they wear out yeah i think you have some we need to replace
0: yeah well i was like a dumb shit trying to pull it out of my one set of boots to put in the other and i i just thought i was pulling on the orthotic and i just ripped the top cover off how much is it for you guys to swap out top cover yeah i not much yeah
1: you know most of the time i just do it
0: now, before I get overwhelmed with info for people trying to get a hold of you, if people want to get custom orthotics through you, can they? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, sure. Do you want? You to-
1: know, in some insurances, we can check and see if you're eligible. Um, you know, some insurances actually pay for them.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I got gotcha. yeah, But
1: you know, a lot of times they don't. Yeah. You know, they can look us up. Uh, it's OpsColorado.com. Yeah, I'm up north, though. You know, I'm in Longmont, Fort Collins. Yeah. Uh, nebraska cheyenne gotcha sort of northern
0: yeah now is it something you probably can't do anything like that over the phone you have to take an impression
1: yeah that's how we do it
0: yeah gotcha
1: you know and you got to do an eval you know you need to see what's going on right right right
0: yeah and sort of go from there figure out what the problem is and go on what does austin say to know what's wrong with the engine he has to pop the hood He's, he's trying to figure out why I get migraines, so he's wanting me to go get x-rays. I need to go get them or MRI or whatever on my noggin. And so he said, my engine's all fucked up. So I'm mean, imagining the same with foot. You have to take, see, what do you just see? Watch how they walk, their gait, listen to what problems they have, and then go yeah, from there. Yeah, you know, I look at their foot,
1: watch them walk,
0: you know, go from there. Yeah. You
1: know, sometimes it's a specific, you know, problem. You know, they may have, you know, uh, like I think you have, like one of your metatarsal heads is real prominent. So – you know, yeah. when you walk, you just walk on that. So we, you know, we can put a top cover on that, pocket that out. That's what you did on mine. There's yeah. a big
0: hole in my or divot, divot in uh, mine because of that is it's very pronounced that that head. And, and I would get like spiking pain after several miles that just was like literally like a knife. And then that's taking that away because it doesn't have pressure now because there's a hole there. So that was a big help for me.
1: I like to put soft top covers on mm-hmm. the orthotics we make. I see a lot that come in and they're just rigid. You know, there's no there's no padding on them at all. And, and I think people do that. You know, they don't want to deal with, you know, oh, it's torn or oh, it's a little dirty. You know, I mean, it's got a little tear in it and someone calls you and tells you their orthotics are falling apart. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. Say, you should see mine. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. No, mine are all fucked up. They're still great. Yeah. I mean, as far but, as, but as... Yeah, you they, know, they actually... Know the,
1: um, I mean, yours are carbon. You, I
0: drive over them. and They're tough. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i amazed. At, you know, you look at it and you can just tell it's different than like a super feet. has got like a normal top coating and this little cup for your heel. And, yeah. you know, where mine is, is is built quite a bit different. Um, but I, I just – I can't – how much – you got to figure I had constant calf problems, right? Like fucking balls in my calves. It's like Frank has it right now because he – I don't know what he do He was doing calf raises and backed up into the – piece of machinery and it gave him a muscle knot you can't get rid of it now right well i'd get this where my my two heads of my calf muscle like right in the middle there would have this giant knot and i wouldn't hardly be able in the springtime when i'd start training again hard i wouldn't hardly be able to walk well with the stretching and the orthotics and everything the foot problems the calf problems a lot of that's just gone away and, and whether it's one thing specifically or all of them combined it it's, it's put me on a whole different level as far as comfort where I don't have to worry about that. The voodoo floss has helped as well. So, I mean, all of that stuff has been a game changer for me. Yeah.
1: So is that voodoo floss sort of uh magic floss
0: or when you – They say it's like – because it's like voodoo. It's yeah. this giant wide rubber band that you wrap tighter than – we're super tight and then you walk and it's basically, I think, breaking up like the fascia tissue where it sticks together and then I don't know what all it does but it – magic it, it helps yeah, yeah it, it helps for stretching basically cuz i i would imagine you know it's compressing and as as you walk uh, they explained it to me as well. I think it was fascia tissue where it'll stick together or whatever and it's kind of like basically just kneading all of your calf but you'll i mean literally if you have tight calf muscles you're going to pee your pants the first time you put that shit on and walk it's around that tight it's it's t- i mean You can't leave it on for more than three to five minutes. Like, I take it off my legs normally, white anyway, and then you see blood rushing to it. But I just haven't had any issues with my calf since I started doing that and stretching. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, they call it voodoo floss for that reason, because it's like it's voodoo for what it does. (laughs) But uh, it is painful when you first use it. Um, You never screwed around with it? No. Yeah. I
1: I have had some experience, though, with um, magic orthotics. Yeah. Um, You know, I had this guy one time wanted to sell me some orthotics. He didn't know that. That's what I did. Yeah. And so, he, you know, he's telling me how the energy is going to come through the ground and it's going to make me stronger. Yeah. And so he had me take my shoes off and put my arms straight out. Yeah. This. And he said, hold, hold your arms out. And he pushed down on my arms and he pushed him down. And then he took out these orthotics. Yeah. Set them on the ground and I stood on them and he said, put your arms out again. And then he just goes, Ugh. But he wasn't pushing in my arms. You know, he just made this noise, and he said, uh, "See how much stronger you are because of
0: these." <laughs> so yeah, I bought oh, two pair. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh Lord, so, was that a pyramid company? I,
1: you know, I, I don't know. So you know, be aware. You know, orthotics are great. But, yeah. You know, they don't they don't cure everything. Yeah, that's but,
0: funny this stuff here is huge with crossfitters. Like that's where I bought it from rogue fitness, yeah. the, the voodoo floss. Um, I have, yeah, I would see be interested to see, take a look at it and see what you think. Um Cause I know shit tons of people that, that use it. A lot of it has to, it's like fl- rushing bad blood or blood out. So it pours new blood back in for healing. I think, I don't know. I just, when I used it the first time it, I mean, my calf muscle was pretty fucking flexible when I got done. Uh, you know, when I say flexible like as far as like it wasn't all knotted up, but it wasn't so much fucking pain when I walked with it on. It had to have been doing something good or bad, I don't know. But then when I got done, I was also kind of kneading the muscle knots when that was on, and it, it broke them up or trigger points. But it is painful. But I'll be interested to see it, yeah. what you think or what looking at it. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if it's going to make you stronger like the magnetic. Uh, um insoles that sounds like a neek in some kind of a pyramid company shit it was something it's, <laughs> it's like lightning came up through me and that was amazing <laughs> but
1: you know i don't necessarily have a lot of foot problems but i can tell you when i put my boots on and i don't have orthotics in there it sucks yeah i mean i hiked in a pair of boots the other day just with the standing like, oh, yeah terrible
0: no, I, I agree. And I mean, and I, you know, I get a set of boots. First thing I do is pop the, you know, the whatever. Yeah. It's just a little piece of cardboard, piece of shit, or whatnot, cardboard, but whatever it is. There's nothing to it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, I do have um, too many miles on my feet. So I, I'm definitely one guy that, you know, is going to have issues or whatever from over time. But yeah,
1: that's one thing I look at when I buy like a pair of boots, look how thick that insole is that's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the thicker that is, you take that out and then you have more room to put. Yeah. Um, you know, like a diabetic shoe, the, really the only difference between that and a regular shoe, there's just more room. Yeah. yeah. I don't, they need to start building more room in these things.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I've talked to guys about that, that, um, will put orthotics in and they're like, man, I mean, over the top of my foot's rubbing or whatever. And I'm like, well, you've taking up a pretty significant amount of space inside that boot, and so it's you know it's pushing. Where it happens to me a little bit, but I have that ring and ball thingy, oh, yeah. and that fixes the it. Ring and so. ball, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, um, and uh, and definitely appreciate you helping me out with the orthotics. That's been a huge thing. So, what was it again? Op? What? Ops. Ops. Colorado.dot.world.dot.com. O- o- yeah, like ops. Oh, gotcha. We were
1: ops before. Ops was cool. Before Ops
0: was cool. It's an orthotic
1: prosthetic solutions.
0: Gotcha. So. Do you have a cool logo? Uh, it like some some lady with diabetes with fucked up feet yeah, coming out of the yeah, office? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> it's probably uh, something, did, you know, missing a limb or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No. One limb missing and a thumbs up on the other arm. Yeah, Lord. All right. Exactly. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you.